I, uh, when I got the email originally about, hey, you know, you get an opportunity to be on the, the teaching fellow staff or, uh, you know, have an opportunity, I was like, well, this is great. You know, and it, I enjoy sharing because I believe very much in the, in the passage that we're going to talk about today. But then they said about brotherhood. And I'm like, no, this is, brotherhood is good for guys that have been in the military, good for guys that have been on the front lines. You guys know what brotherhood is like. Like, you know, when your life is on the line. Those, I didn't even have a brother growing up. I'm like, this, this might be horribly wrong. I'm not sure, but the Holy Spirit may have taken a moment out when, uh, when they were picking this, this topic. And yet I know that the Holy Spirit doesn't take timeouts. And so as I went into that space and I thought, okay, Lord, what, what is it that, that would be worth sharing? These guys are waking up crazy early, coming out, and then it's cold. What, what is it that, that you would have me share? And, um, you know, for me... Growing up, I, I admire I admire the military. I see the military guys. I see the, the, the front line guys. I admire the snot out of you guys. And um, my dad was a military guy. And, and, and it just, like, in this moment, I'm thinking, hmm, just doesn't, it's not resonating. So then I had to pray some more. And, um, and I reflected. And I thought about, you know, what is it about the military, about the front lines, about the that space that is so conducive to brotherhood. You know, you see people who talk about even football. I didn't even play football. I played basketball. So we don't even, football, you go out there, you could possibly get killed. Basketball, we rarely ever get killed. So it's like, you know, even that. I'm, I'm really struggling here. And, uh, and then as the Holy Spirit I have a very unique relationship with the Holy Spirit. He smacks me a lot. I uh, rarely have little quiet moments. It's more of a, wow. He's like, son, have you been totally asleep at the wheel for the last four years of your life? I thought, I hear you. And, um, you know, about four years ago, I'm a CPA. <laughs> Which is something else funny. I mean, that's going back to the brotherhood thing. It's like, like those are my moments of stress. Like, brother, can you come over here and help me with this formula on my spreadsheet? You know, it's not, it's not an extremely stressful moment. Um, but about four years ago, I was, um, was at a client's. And he, um, he was going through a divorce. And I said to myself, uh, no, I didn't say it to myself. I said it to him. No, no, I did say it. I said to him, what in the world? How, how is this happening? He said, um, you can't control everything. And I remember exactly where I was walking out of that place. And this is the part that I did say to myself. I was like, yeah, but you can control your family. You can control your wife. <laughs> and I've, I... Um, I fill a role uh, in, in uh, a lot of different communities. For God, though, I feel like I fill the role of um, a sitcom at times. Because it, he must have been up there a little bit thinking, hmm, this is going to be interesting. Another buddy of mine called, and, and they, they're separated. And I was like, how in the world does this happen? Like, I, mean, I remember just being like, like chills through my body. How does how do you I mean I was raised in the church I knew all the principles I did everything just like we were told I went to a Christian school Christian college everything it was like boom 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 this is your you do this you get this 
had some really good formulas. I'm a spreadsheet guy. I had, I had a life spreadsheet, and it was amazing. And, uh, and probably about three months later, uh, this was not funny. I call it an involuntary uh, marital transition because I, I sugarcoat everything. It was horrible. My life got destroyed. I was raised to be a father. And I was raised to be a husband. And that's all I cared about. I'm not, I will never be on a Dos Equis commercial. I am not the most interesting man in the world. I do two things. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking in the mirror. And I'm thinking, have I lost, have I lost influence with my sons? You know, there is an enemy, but it's definitely not my ex-wife. But as the protector of our home, it's tough. And you know, we, we live, we live in a space that is so much, there's so much war going on, and we don't even realize Man, when the, when the guy who was sharing last week shared about, you know, do you know where your wife is spiritually? You know, one of the really exciting things about divorce is um, every time you're in a, in a session for the rest of your life that ever talks about how to take care of your wife, you, you get to feel a whole lot of excitement. <laughs> and I will tell you this. We know that in Christ there is no condemnation. And we know that there is a plan and that that journey does not follow the path that, that we expect. I remember standing there in front of that mirror and looking and saying, what is this about? Have I lost, have I lost um, influence? Have I, have I, you know, what do I need to do? And many of you that are older remember back when Bill Clinton and George Bush had a little um, presidential race, and uh, Clinton came up with a, a phenomenal uh, soundbite that that was <laughs> I hated, but it was, and he said it's about the economy, stupid. And it was a soundbite that that did a lot for him in that bit. And as I was looking in that mirror, I just heard I don't know if it was audible, but it was pretty doggone close. And it said, "It's about grace, stupid." And brother, let me tell you about the last four years of my life have been about grace. And the realization of that God has it handled. It's like, I can raise your sons without you, son. Got it. I can do everything without you. And this is where the brotherhood comes in, is that in that moment, I, I, um, <laughs> at the time I was going, we were going to Northland up in Longwood. And uh, I called in, I mean, my heart. I don't know, for any of you that have gone through it, you know, it is like, it is a pain in your sternum that you cannot get away from. Everything else in my life, once I was doing what I do, it was easy. It was like everything would kick in. You forget about it. I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing. The therapists say that's not a good thing. I don't know, but I felt pretty good about it up until then. So um, I could just compartmentalize. And I could be running over here, and then all of a sudden, this thing doesn't stop. Every night, waking up at 3 in the morning, it doesn't stop. Every time... 
So, so I call out to Northland. I'm like, man, this is bad news. And I was not talking like this. I was just, I was hurting. They're like, well, we've got a marriage 911 class coming up in February. This was August. <laughs> They're like, we got a marriage 911 class coming up in August. Now, I'm, I tend to take care of things. I'm a fixer. I'm a logistics guy. I'm an advisor professionally and so forth. So I'm like, okay, I'll keep the wheels on till, <laughs> till February. <laughs> no. I was like a month later. I'm like, okay, that is a big church. There's got to be somebody there that I can talk to. And I remember going up there and I said, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I know a lot of the Sunday school answers, but I'm not experiencing the Sunday school life right now. Anybody ever been in that spot? Like, I know the Sunday school answers, but I am not experiencing the Sunday school life. I need a different flannel graph. And I'm like, and I walked in there and I'm thinking, please God, don't let this be one of those situations. You know, you have friends maybe that have had some kind of a medical situation. They go and they get all these tests and the tests all come back negative, right? Like, oh, you're okay. (laughs) No, I am not okay. Please, and, and as I went in, I'm like, please, God, don't let this be one of those moments. Don't let this be the test came back negative. You're okay. And praise God, he put this little guy. I'm, very, I'm a compassionate conservative, all right? That is just very clear. That's who I am. But God put this little five foot four, five foot five socialist into my life. And uh, it cracks me up how God works. But it's been good. He loves Jesus. And uh, I walked through that door. He's like, you are a mess. I said, brother. And, and I, knew, I knew enough Bible stuff that I thought, I'm going to go in and I'm going to hear, you need to start reading First John, right? You read First John, you get the love books. Yeah, I'm, I've got to find more love in this crotchety little heart of mine that I've developed with all of my uh, formalities. You know what he said? And it blew my mind. He said, you know what you need to do? He said, first of all, you need to listen to worship music nonstop. He said, worship and anxiety cannot coexist. He's like, second, you need to read Romans slow. He, had a, he somehow figured that I would want to just bust through whatever assignment he gave me. He said, you need to read it slow. Folks, I've read Romans, I don't know how, a lot of times. A lot of times. And the Bible says that God loves a broken and contrite heart. And I will tell you what. There is no experience like reading Romans with a broken and contrite heart, with worship music going in the background. Now, this is how bad I was. I was like, worship music, I didn't even listen to the Z. Like, I'm not real big into country music, and that's all pretty much just country music with Christian words, and I'm not really big into that, but but I... (laughs) So, a little side note. Now... But so I go to this guy that's in my office who's always listening to the old school Maranatha worship stuff. Remember those of you that are older? And I'm like, man, I need a CD. I need worship music. So I get this CD. I put it in my in my truck as CD. So four years ago, it's an old truck, and I put it in there. And I only found one song. And I was like, one song. I put it on the loop on one song. If my sons hear that song this day, they have to go straight to therapy. I mean, it was nonstop. That's all I listened to. And so I'm listening to one song on Eternal Loop. I'm a CPA. I don't require a lot of variety. Which makes me a great husband, I thought. So, um, but, so I don't require a lot of variety. So it's rolling through. I'm and I am sitting there. And I would just go. It's easy to find water. And we live on a sandbar. So you can always find water. So I would pull in. And somewhere where there was a lake there, a couple people got upset because I was in their backyard. But apart from that, it went relatively good. And I would sit there and I would just open up my Bible and I would read Romans. And I would cry 
gasping cry. And I'd read, I'd read, just in the beginning, in, in chapters 1 and 2 about, you know, this is not your parade. And it's one thing to read that when you're like, okay, great book, good information. And it's a whole other thing to read that when you realize because you thought it was your parade, you're dealing with some horrible, horrible consequences. And then it's a whole other thing to read it as you get into Romans 8 and you hear about how that the Spirit is just praying on your behalf all the time. And you're like, you're crying and sobbing for a whole different reason. And going through that exercise and going through all of that, why do I say all that? Because we're talking about brotherhood. I'm sitting there behind uh, Sand Lake Road. There's a Publix over there, you know, on Sand Lake where all the restaurant row is. There's, there's a lake back there, so I'd, I'd driven through, like, where season's 52. The manager wasn't real happy, but I, no. No, there's a parking spot. Yeah, I'm looking over the thing, and I'm, and I'm reading some section of Romans, and my phone rings. And usually when my phone rings during that time, I just let it go. But this time, this time it was the guy who taught my marriage class. I thought, thank you, God. That picked up the phone. And this is a guy who, since then, that was at Northland. How many of you guys know Mark Johnston? Know Mark Johnston? He goes to Mosaic now. He went to, I met him at, um, at Northland when we had a campus over here. And um, every year I would text him, like, you know how you have those relationships where you just shoot a text out about once, you know, happy birthday text or whatever. You know, happy birthday, we need to get together. Yeah, we need, you know, you owe me that for getting together. Blah, blah, blah. Every year we do that. And then, uh, and it's, it's Mark. And when I talk, when I think about brotherhood, you know, there's older, there's older brothers and there's younger brothers. Yeah, you know, I said, Mark, you are horrible at teaching marriage classes. That's what I tell him every time I see him. I'm like, man, you are not good at this. You need to do something else. No, phenomenal guy. That guy came into my life. He has two little girls. He never had boys. And he came in as a brother. And it's and it's an uncle. In just an amazing way. And so, you know... Are we in foxholes? No. Are we in war? Yes. Is there, is there an enemy? Absolutely. You know, I would just, as I, as I reflected on that, I just thought to myself, you know, I had put, I had put one verse in the, in the um, uh, little thing that gets sent out. But on the way here this morning... The real verse hit me, and, and y'all know this, most, most likely you know this, but in Proverbs 17, 7, it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And others say that a brother is born for, being, for those times in need. And, um, you know, the thing that's awesome about this group is that you're in a room full of guys that 
apart from the shell that we build and everything else, would do nothing, would love nothing more than to embrace into a brother relationship with any other one of us in here. And yet, unfortunately, culturally, we are placed a lot of times in a space where there's enough barriers, either pride, you know, that's the one great thing about about going through something so devastating is that's out the door. <laughs> you know, like, I, that's done. And so being in a position where we can embrace brotherhood, being in a position where we can extend brotherhood is an awesome thing. You know, the guy that, that spoke last week, one of the things that really hit, stood out to me was about the struggle. You know, we need to uh, let others see us going through the struggle and we need to be able to help others and so a couple of um, things and I think I think I've more than done my part of this deal so now y'all have to do your part but one thing that I would uh, would just have you uh, think on as you're going through this is that the value of intercessory prayer you know Romans 8 where it says the spirit makes intercession for us there's a very real power. And if you just open up that opportunity for the Holy Spirit to illuminate into your life. I don't know what triggered Mark to call me that morning. But I know it was one of the most valuable phone calls I've ever received in my life. So I would just encourage this morning as we're talking. is just, you know, we, one of our speakers is, I think it was Eddie with C with Lift or something. He said, you know, prayer is not the preparation for the work. It is the work. You know, we're here with a bunch of guys who understand prayer. And we're here with a bunch of guys who have some serious needs. And, uh, you know, as I look around here, I know there are guys that I've talked to that have been saying, let's get together. And I'm sorry we've not done that. So, so that's what I've come with this morning. Can we pray? Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Lord. Thank you so much for this opportunity just to come before you humbly and with broken hearts, Lord, for, for the um, opportunities that are there that we've not yet embraced. And Father, we just thank you so much for the uh, knowledge that you are in control and that you have a plan for us. And Lord, we just uh, present ourselves as vessels for your service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.